Welcome everyone to episode numero 10. We are in the double digits and I'm honored to reach the double digits with a brother from another mother, Mr. Grant Islanda. And right before I started recording, he asked me what I'm drinking. And uh, this is an experiment. I'm drinking cacao, LSD, and uh, matcha. I'm, I'm just kidding about the LSD, but it is cacao and matcha combination. <laughs> matcha is like the green tea powder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting combo. Yeah. It tastes very earthy. I can imagine. <laughs> Sweet, man. Well, it's a pleasure to be here, Chris. Thank you for uh, inviting me to be the 10th guest on your, um, on your scene. Yeah. Yeah. As, as I was um, getting ready to talk to you today, I was just, well, thinking about the night that we had in your, your, uh, I'm, I'm calling that a ceremony space. So that's how I felt it uh, just the other night. And then the other thing I was thinking about is because I usually like to talk about uh, how, how I meet the, the person that I'm um, conversating with. And I met you on a beach in Costa Rica for a mantra rock star jam led by you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Mantra rock star jam. Yeah, I believe that was uh, January 2021. Mm -hmm. Is that right? You just moved? Yeah. You were living yeah, last January. Not this. Yeah. About a year and a half ago. And every time, without fail, that I attend one of these, uh, like I said, a rock star jam, it's a, a mantra singing mantras to God, uh, and you can give a better description of it if, if, if you wanted to. However, I think that's, that kind of says it all. Um, every time I come to one of these with you, I cry. Uh, yeah. Do you think that is? Do you feel it? Hmm. It's got something to do with the heart opening through vocal activation, mm. I imagine. And you, bro, like I just, I look at you and I just, I really appreciate your, your uh, the way you express yourself and your, your level of comfort too. It's, it's deeply inspiring when you're leading these. Mm -hmm these spaces in front of a lot of other people. Maybe that has something to do with it too, because although it's really related to the, the work that I do, putting myself in, in front of uh, being with others, I have a deep admiration for how you, uh, you, you have such a welcoming presence and your sense of humor is like, it's, it's right there too. And the full package. Yeah. I received, received, thank you for seeing me and feeling 
feeling touched by the this pieces that that I happen to get to be a part of also. <clears throat> so there's really no, uh, like I don't have a list of, sometimes I have a list of questions, sometimes I don't. Today's one of the days that I don't have a list of questions. However, what's coming to me is if you felt called to uh, share how you ended up in Costa Rica on a podcast called Unspeakable Bliss <laughs> with me, with the Galactic Federation. The Galactic Federation, yeah. That's a good place to start. Um, well, years ago, I was a mortgage banker and this is about 2014, 2015. And I have to go back to kind of the beginning of my journey to and, and how Costa Rica played a role in that. So I don't, I don't want to get too much into an extended storytelling moment here, but I'll tell enough of the details that led to this place. Unspeakable Bliss podcast, episode 10 with Chris. Um, <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I was, so once upon a time, I was a mortgage banker and I um, just took, yeah, I was, well, actually what happened, side note, but related, deeply related, while, while being a mortgage banker, I was questioning deeply this path of corporate engagement. I was like, am I going to do this for the rest of my life? And every time I got real with my question of that, the answer was like, no, this is not what you're going to do the rest of your life. And, I, and so I'd be like, all right, well, then what am I going to do for the rest of my life? And that prompted a journal, um, a journal, a journaling exercise that I did every morning for probably about a year, maybe a little bit more than a year. And it was, um, I would wake up and I would journal. This was before I was a, a, a yoga practitioner. And um, so I wasn't really meditating or doing any form, formal sadhana, like formal morning practice regularly other than I would wake up, I would do this exercise and I would take a walk. And this exercise was to journal three things that would make your day great. So I would literally be in bed still, I'd grab my journal and open my eyes and I would immediately start to imagine what would make the day an amazing day. And that's what that would be like how I would start writing in the journal. Today would be great if dot dot dot. And then I would just fill in the blank. It was just a stream of consciousness. And, and this was how I started to get involved with what I would call my higher self and understand that my soul was trying to communicate with me and, and had, a, had intentions for me. Um, at least that's the story that I'm sticking to and telling myself. Yeah. So, so on this particular day, 2014-ish is the year, so about eight years ago. This is before I, work. This is before work, yeah. Okay. I, um, before going into work. So I, right, I that's, like a, yeah. 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 And it was like a standard nine to five or whatever. And, uh, and on this particular day, it was like, you are going to meet someone who changes your life. And that was an un, that was a, again, these are stream of consciousness. Like, I'm not controlling what I'm writing, I'm just like free form 
manifesting my day through my higher self speaking to me. And I was like, yeah. well, that's like a pretty powerful statement. But so I'll just table that for a moment. And so later in the day, I ended up taking a yoga class. And I see this, this girl in this yoga class, this woman who was on the opposite side of like, I was on the right hand side of the yoga class, and she's on the left hand side. And I was like, wow, she's so attractive. Like, and I just started to be like all in my head about it. And like, she's like, oh my God, there's like this pretty girl in my yoga class. Like I can't like do my yoga now. And I know, oh, I better do it like really good. You know, maybe she's looking at me. It's so funny. You know, I just like reflect on this because that, that was indicative of where I was at in, in my journey and what I was going through and, and um, where my focus was. You know? and, and, and so after the class is over, I am like trying to strategize some way to like, go talk to her, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put my blocks away like right as she's rolling up her mat. And so, and I'm like walking slowly over there and like, <laughs> you know, trying to like catch her eye, but also feeling really shy in myself and like afraid of like making the wrong move. And, and like, and she ends up looking up at me and we make eye contact and we just smiled. It was just like a very genuine, natural, human connection smile moment and i was like and my heart opened and i was like oh my god like wow that felt really good just to receive and share a smile with this person who i had been all up in my head about and um and i put the blocks back and then i say hi to her and we start talking and turns out she just got back from costa rica like a couple of days prior to that and she was telling and then she ends up telling me about it she's like yeah i just got back i was doing a yoga teacher training program in Costa Rica. It was amazing. And I was just like, so in awe of this woman, like her vibe, her energy, her presence was really like affecting me. And I was like picking up on like the, you know, beyond just like the beauty that I saw, I was like picking up on something deeper. And so she's done. And then it turns out her name is Destiny. <laughs> and I just like, wow. Okay. So Destiny just got back from Costa Rica. I'm in a space where I'm really questioning what my next step is in my journey. Anyways, I, I just moved on from that moment and months go by and I am now um, in my office at my computer, supposed to be selling mortgages, supposed to be on the call on the phone with clients and stuff and um and i'm just searching on google yoga teacher training programs in costa rica <laughs> like that was i was just going to work and i would just research costa rica because it started like when i met destiny that it planted a seed and like it really that was like massive you know my my little spidey senses were going off like crazy and i heard about it Costa Rica. Never been there. Never didn't even know where it was on a map, actually. And um, I was starting to rain really hard here. Can you still hear me all right? <laughs> yeah, if, if this continues, we might have to uh, do it earlier because it's just like, wow. Yeah. It's <laughs> loud. Is it really loud? Yeah. It's, it's coming down. This is storm. Dude, at first, if you're telling the story, I was like, I hope that's just a lawnmower. 
pop and stop or be whacker in the background, and it's just, yeah. <laughs> Hold on, let me do this. Yeah. You stopped it for a second. There's nothing yeah. now. Is this better? Yeah, I, I can't. I can't hear any rain in the background. All right, I turned the, the little suppressor, noise suppressor, but now I'm holding the microphone. Wow, okay. Is that is that comfortable for you? Yeah. Announcing the Grant Iplander story. <laughs> da, 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 da. Dude, it reminds, it reminds me of Ram Das when he would talk about how he wanted the microphone in a certain way and that he would come in and he'd, he'd have to like end up holding it and he'd get them all pissed off and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, yeah. I can see that. Ramdas is great. I have him yeah. on the in the temple. Um, so I was researching yoga teacher training programs because I'm in. This is now 2015. I'm still in the office, but I was. I just knew that my time had come, and I was like, I kind of put a deadline on it. I was like, All right, I'm going to save up some money, and I'm just going to quit. Just, yeah. I'm just going to quit, and and so I did. I ended up quitting. And like earlier, I had a deadline. I was like, I'm going to quit before this day. And I ended up quitting before that just because I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, I'm out of here. And um, I had some money saved up and I signed up for a yoga teacher training program, a 21 day immersion in mm -hmm. Costa Rica. And that's where I went. I was like the, one of the first place. Like, I ended up traveling a little bit after I quit my job just to like, kind of find who I was, you know, and, and shed some of the identities that I had developed and accrued over the years of being a weightlifter and being a coach and being a trainer and being a more like all of these things that I had like accrued and developed when, when I went traveling for the first time to Costa Rica, I just, I could, there was none of that, you know, I could only have my backpack and like mm. no one knew who I was. And, and so that was my first trip to Costa Rica, 2000, uh, July, 2015 to be exact. And I remember just being here and I was like, holy shit, like this is the place. Like, wow, mm -hmm. I love it here. And after that training was over and I came back to Arizona, which is where I was from, where I am from, um, I didn't really have a plan. You know, I didn't have... I had some savings. I had just bought my house. So I had a mortgage, which was like kind of, well, it somehow worked out, you know, in the end, but, um, and it's still working out, which is awesome. But, um, and I started to teach yoga and I was making a couple bucks here and there. And then, um, my teacher from here in Costa Rica invited me to come back and assistant teach in 2016. And so I got to come back to Costa Rica a second time. And then she invited me to come back a third time. And I came back a third time. And after that third trip, which was May, 2016, um, I was in Costa Rica and I was supposed to fly home back to Arizona. And then I just canceled my return ticket. And that's when I ended up going traveling. And I was in Panama and then uh, India, where I met my yoga teacher, Steve. And then I went from Rishikesh, India to England. And then I was in England for four months training with Steve uh, before returning back to Arizona. Uh, 
Um, and ever since then, like ever since this, the, this series of um, saying yes to life, you know, these series of like, just like asking the, the question, like, what do I really want? What do I really want to do? Um, how do I want to live my life? And just saying no to the things that weren't that and having to like step away from the realities, you know, the job, the, the lifestyle, all the other stuff, being able to turn away and just completely let go of that has allowed me to step into what I feel is a greater relationship to the unspeakable bliss, to use your podcast name, um, and have a, have a more faith, you know, and, and so having that faith and strengthening that connection over the years has then led me, um, to move here and then, and make my life here, which happened in 2020, um, which, yeah, that was, that's also a whole side story as well, but, uh, I'll just leave it there because that's sort of the bedrock, you know, those, that sort of gets the foundation of the story and maybe we can go from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so something that you and I have in common, which we, we have quite a few things in common. Uh, Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Amen. Or should I say Kamehameha? Kamehameha. <laughs> uh, so, dude, when I was in college, I was studying to be a lawyer, uh, not a lawyer, an accountant. That was something else I considered in this finding, figuring out the path thing. And instead of dropping out, I decided, yeah, I asked myself essentially the same question. I'm like, why, why am I even doing any of this? Like, do I really want to spend my life as an accountant? And I looked at that future and it was just clearly like, no, <laughs> even before I'm done asking the question, the answer is no, you, you don't want to do that. And um, as a result of that, I studied philosophy and, and theater and boom, autobiography of a yogi presented itself to me literally no more than, than six months, maybe even less than committing to that, this sort of path. And so uh, I'm wondering when, when did Kriya Yoga come into your life? Was that when you met Steve, when you were in India? And, and what was like, if you could talk a bit about Kriya and how that entered into your life yeah jai gurudev um I'm, as i we sit here and say this i'm looking at my picture of yogananda on my altar over there um, and i have a picture of steve as well so it's there mm-hmm. you know that kriya yoga was so for those of you who are unfamiliar because you might have some listeners who are unfamiliar kriya yoga is um known as the yoga there's a couple different ways that it is known depending on who you ask one in which it's known as the yoga of electricity because it deals with the electrical and the electromagnetic properties of the human system uh, because we have tremendous access to uh, voltage and electricity through our body and that this this voltage and this electricity when it is harnessed and used um using various spiritual technologies we can um we can create a more ecstatic 
the nervous system, we can create a more robust nervous system. We can create a more sensitive nervous system. And so our through a process like Kriya Yoga, again, dealing with the electrical and electromagnetic properties of the human system, we can increase our psychic capacity, our intuition, our insight, our inspiration, all of these things. And this is documented science. Like this isn't some esoteric um, made up thing. Like we're talking about increasing heart frequency, brain heart coherence, um, heart rate variability. All of these things are, are measurable. So that's a little context for Kriya Yoga. Um, I think it's always helpful to give a little bit of that. And then Kriya Yoga was introduced to me by Steve, Steve Harrison of the Yoga Sanctuary, who lives in Southampton, England, my yoga teacher and someone who I consider a completely extraordinary human being, um, one of, if not the most extraordinary human beings that I've ever personally met in my life. Mm -hmm. And I feel just so blessed to actually even just know that this person, let alone be close to him and call him a brother and a mentor and a teacher. Um, and so I met Steve in Rishikesh, India in 2020. And, um, you know, meeting him really changed my life. Um, it was like a, it was like a, like just a light clicked on, you know, I was, I was seeking so hard at that point i was trying really 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 hard to become enlightened you know if i if i could be honest i was like doing everything i was fasting i was meditating for so many hours i was doing this thing and that thing and um eating a sattvic diet and you know just doing whatever i could to like reach some mystical state of of awareness that i was reading about because i was reading about this stuff like i had read yogananda's autobiography mm -hmm. Um, and I just had so many different stories of mystics, like floating around in my head that I was so inspired by, you know, like I was inspired by Christ, you know, in the, in the Bible, I was inspired by Buddha and Siddhartha and, um, Patanjali who wrote the yoga sutras and, uh, and Yogananda. And so these sorts of, you know, this inspiration was floating around, but I didn't have the tools to experience what they were talking about um and i and it was also had to do with my approach a little bit i think mm -hmm. so when i met steve he basically just was like yeah there's no secret <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> there you can't reinvent the wheel um I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember if he actually said this to me, but more or less, these were his teachings. Um, he's like, what you, if what you want is um, to actually self-realize, if you, if what you want is to actually like experience the human system as a divine current of electricity and energy, um, you just have to work. You have to do like, that's what the Hatha yoga system is for that's what these asanas and these pranayamas and all of this stuff that has been passed to us through tantra because hatha yoga is a tantric yoga system um, if anyone if that was new information for people then um, it's good to know that you know it's good to know where it's coming from um because this you know when we're talking about yoga 
or talking about Tantra, we're talking about the unification of the individual consciousness with divine consciousness. And this is a scientific process. Um, it's spiritual science, but it's also having, it has to do with the chemistry of the blood in the brain, you know, and it has to do with neurotransmitters and has to do with the psychophysiology of the organism, meaning the psychosomatics and like has to do with what is the ego and how is the ego functioning it has to do with all this stuff. And, and so, you know, for me meeting Steve and just, and cause he was a Kriya Yogi and he had been um, practicing for like 25 years or something like that at that point. And, and something I saw with him that I didn't see in other teachers or other beings that I had encountered was I saw a truly transformed human system. You know, I, I saw some, and I felt it. Like, it was like, I felt the mm -hmm. energetic quality of a human being that had done enough sadhana to actually make real transformation happen. And I was like, holy shit, okay. I'm inspired now, you know, because yeah. at that point I had only read about it. So mm -hmm. that, that was my introduction to Kriya Yoga. You gave me a really uh, somewhat memorable, because I'm going to paraphrase you, when Grant and I, this, this could be a whole other side story, were moving beds to get the uh, ceremony space ready. Uh, we, actually, we were moving uh, the bed back into the ceremony space and yeah. uh, we were in San Jose del Pacifico for a, um, a sacred mushroom retreat uh, that we all put together. Uh, and Grant was the, the mantra music man for that. And as I was asking him about Kriya Yoga when we were moving the beds, and he said, you said something about uh, how Kriya Yoga is basically reversing or turning inside out how we normally think the breath energy system normally operates something does that sound familiar to you yes uh i think what you're referring to is 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 how yoga is or kriya yoga is reversing the usual manifestation process of life yes because the the usual manifestation process of life and this is this might be review for some people and might feel like um, again something new. So just and anything that I'm sharing, just just being open, you know, take it or leave it. If it resonates, great. If it doesn't, don't worry about it. This is, these are just my beliefs and how I understand based on my path as a yogi. Um, but what Chris, you're referring to is and what I'm talking about the usual manifestation process of life um, is we are looking out from our senses and perceiving the world and in a way we're creating because we are our energy is going out and it is accompanied by what we believe we're seeing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and what kriya yoga is doing is it's taking our senses and it's turning them inward and so it's it's unplugging our usual manifestation process of outward going energy it's unplugging that and it's directing it back inward and up, up the shashum nanadi, the spine, and into the higher centers of the brain to activate the so-called higher consciousness. And so this is sort of like, like if you imagine going back to being an embryo and starting over, that's a little bit about what we're talking about. We're talking about 
starting over with our energetic circuits and sending them back inward so that we can recreate. We can actually redefine our life in this way because the energy is now coming out new and it's no longer conditioned by our past. Back in the good old embryo days. <laughs> good old embryo days. Man, life was good back then. <laughs> so do you think that... Um... Is Autobiography of a Yogi the best book about Kriya Yoga and like the science behind it that you've personally read? Or would you have another suggestion beyond that book? Oh, man. Um, there are better books, I think, out there at explaining the science of it. Because autobiography of a yogi is more of a mystical account yeah. of of kriya yoga, and it's it can be a hard read. Like it's tough to get through it. Like I didn't finish it the first time I opened it, even when I, I'd been practicing yoga like regularly at that point, and I still wasn't able to crack the code of Yogananda's, yeah. you know, thing. The beginning is dense. I find the it's beginning dense. of that book like it's hard to get into. Yeah, yeah. So I can't think of a book off the top of my head just because I don't have any of the books with me here in Costa Rica. Like I have a big sure. bookshelf at home with tons of great books on it, but I um, can't think of a good one for, I mean, yeah, no, I can't think of a good one for Korea. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and anything that I reference, like Autobiography Yogi, your website, links for your <laughs> book, I'm going to put it all in the show notes. Uh and that said, there's two directions I want to go right now. The first one would be uh, give, serve, love. Mm. <laughs> and this is, a, this is a story I shared with David, our, our brother, who was just at, at your place the other day, too. So uh, as my memory has it, I had, uh, from my experience, a mystical experience with my first time with mushrooms and during that experience to make a very long story short i went from believing in god to having an experience of god and these three words came through during that that um experience and it was give serve love and i shared this with grant probably a year ago or, or, or more at some time and from my memory, you told me an experience that you had, I believe, with a, a DMT crystal and three words came through for you and it was give, serve, love. Is that accurate? Yes. Yes, that is accurate. It's <laughs> crazy, man. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, um, so just make a long story short. I received some DMT crystals from a, one of my, I used to smoke a ton of pot in high school. I have since no longer used marijuana. Um, sometimes it comes into my life, but um, it's very rare nowadays. Like it's, it's not a part of my reality as it once was. Um, and and if it is, it's quite ceremonial. But mm -hmm. um, my my weed dealer 
God, I can't even get I'm saying this and telling you. My <laughs> yeah, weed dealer. If there's anything I can't talk about before. So <laughs> that's true. My weed dealer from high school gifted me some DMT and he said, You'll know what to do with this when it's time. And I was just like, All right, you know, because this is like, I don't know, this is. 14, 15 years ago. This is before the whole advent of shanga pens and, and, and electrical devices to that people can go around and puff DMT casually. Like this is long before that. Like, I don't even know where you got DMT back then. I was like, so surprised that I had this little, I was just looking at it. I was like, all right, I'll know what to do when it's time. I literally put it in my closet in a little box and it just stashed it away and completely forgot about it. Like just completely forgot about it. It was just there. No shit. 10 years later or nine years later, I had just got back from India and training um, with Steve and just going through such an intense process with my yoga path. And I was literally sitting in lotus position in front of my altar, do, finishing my morning routine and it's still early like the sun hasn't even risen yet and something i do at the end of my practices is i ask sort of like i was doing my journaling exercises but different format obviously and i just sit there and as i'm completing my meditation my final prayers i just ask the divine i ask god is there anything that I need or I, that I need to know, I basically welcome insight. And I just leave a little empty space, you know, for insight to arise. And I remember asking and like, in comes this like, it's like DMT now. And I was like, what? Like, and it was said like, go get the DMT from your closet and use it. And I just was so caught off guard by this. So I was like, wow, all right. Um, and, you know, I'd, I've learned to trust that channel, you know, especially after I've like really, it's just been a process of cultivating it, you know, and learning to trust it and learning to trust the, even the completely crazy guidance that can sometimes come. And so I get the DMT, I, it was right where I left it 10 years prior, get it out. I put it in a little pipe that I had. I sit back down. And I sit there and I ask, and I'm like, are you sure? You know, I'm like bargaining weird at this point. Like, are you sure? And it was like, yep. It was just like green lights, go for it. And so I'm like, okay. And I didn't know how much to take, you know? So I just like light the lighter and I just like inhaled as much as I could handle. And I put my pipe down and, and you know, that I'd only ever eat mushrooms at at that. I had taken LSD too. So LSD and mushrooms were my, my experience with hallucinogenics. Um, and I remember just going up into freaking outer space, man. It was, it was one of the, it was such a powerful come on of um, any substance that I've tried. It was just like this immediate, um, like I was like going up a elevator to mm. some galactic confederation <laughs> and here we, uh, here we are is this is this what happened did i do that and then i have arrived here 
I you haven't come down, it. brother. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I met uh, this intergalactic cosmic alien being, which was really just myself, um, created into a fractal, a ge- fractal geometry thing. And we were communicating telepathically. And um, I was like, it, it, it asked me what I was doing there. And I was asking it, like, why did I get called here? Like, I thought that uh, you told me to do the DMT, you know? And it was so funny because it was like, it was like, you already know. And that was it. It was like, you already know. Like you are, we're, you were one, you know, you had to come here and, and then it was like, and then I was just like caught off guard by the simplicity of it and like the profundity of that yeah. thing. And then it was, and then I was like, well, then what, what do I need to know? Or what am I missing or something like that? And then, and it was just like, give love, serve. And it just smacked me right back down in my body. As soon as it said that I was like, give love, serve. And I was just boom, like it was like my spirit just went down like a hollow tube right back into Grant's body. And I just was like shocked awake and I was completely sober. It was like the high just went away immediately. And I just grabbed my little pen and I had a whiteboard and I just put give, love, serve. And that was it. Well, I like to, when I, when I go back and I do the show notes, I uh, listen to the podcast and I, I like to pick out sometimes the most clickbaity like quote, and I might be picking out my weed dealer gift. (laughs) 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 I just, the chances of, of you and I having that similar experience. Like I think about that often actually, because those three words really have played a big role and, and then I think about Ram Das and the love serve remember foundation and my mind goes and it's like okay well you had give serve love come through because you knew about Ram Das and the love serve remember foundation but then the fact that you and I meet and we have had two separate hallucinogenic psychedelic experiences and essentially get the same message one of the words is out of order but we get the same three out of all the words in the English language Totally. Totally. And I didn't even know who Ramdas was at that point. I was wondering about that, actually. I mean, I no, that's not true. That's not true. I had just read Be Here Now, but I wasn't like, I didn't watch his YouTube videos or anything like that. And I had read the Be Here Now in England when I was there, like just prior to this experience. The absurd love. That, that's actually another one of my mental notes that I made uh, to ask you about if there's anything particularly with uh, Ram Das that you, because I know he's on your altar there, if there's anything you want to share about his influence, presence in your life and your journey. Yeah, Ram Das was um, kind of like one of those oblique spiritual teachers. I call it an oblique spiritual teacher because I found that there's certain teachers that seem like a direct source and a direct channel for, for you or someone else. Like, cause mm-hmm. we have different karmic proclivities, right? We have different tendencies. We have different karmic makeup, which means that we're drawn to different teachers 
of different lineages and different traditions. Um, hopefully because they're going to help us dismantle the ego and get to truth, you know, that hopefully that they're presenting some legitimate teaching that helps us in our path. And then there's the other oblique teachers, which sort of like, almost like they travel with you because they're, you know, their teaching is still sound and they're still supporting you and the, and they, you feel like they're an ally. Um, and Ramdas is kind of like that for me because I never like got really into him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up getting invited to go to do to a Ramdas retreat in California, in Ojai to be exact, in um, 2019, I believe it was 2019. And I was invited to uh, this four day retreat. And I, again, like I wasn't like super into Ramdas, so I was just like kind of curious how it was playing out. Like I was like, this is cool. Like I'm invited to go on this retreat for free, and like, like I'm let's go see what wow, spirit, free. yeah, what spirit wants to reveal to me, you know. And um, and that's when I was introduced to Hanuman because mm. a big part of um, like the Bhakti Yoga Sangha that is affiliated with Ramdas's teachings like Ramdas was a big created a big bhakti mo- movement um because you have Dayutal and you have Krishna Das and you have all of these people who were all connected to Ramdas's guru maharaji who i feel more connected to than i do ramdas um maharaji was a saint in india in the in the 60s and the 70s who um was big on Hanuman. He was a Hanuman devotee. So anyways, I went to this Ramdas retreat in Ojai, California, and they were chanting the Hanuman Chalisa. And it was my first time hearing the Hanuman Chalisa, which is a 40 verse. Chalisa means 40. It's a 40 verse prayer to Hanuman, which is the Hindu God that is half monkey and half man, which helps us see that there is a bridge between our monkey mind you could say and the divine thank god and god yeah so that's my story of of, oh yeah i think yeah totally so that's my story of ramdas because then i was like whoa like all right um you know he he did such a big thing for spirituality in the west you know and and created Mm -hmm. such a movement of seekers and and legitimate um interest in eastern spiritual science and i think that that's worthy of of acknowledgement and um appreciation and um yeah and having had that connection to ramdas and the hanuman and then i saw i i wouldn't say i met him because i never shook his hand but he came to the taos um temple in new mexico when Mm -hmm. we were there for a big celebration on guru panima which was 2019 as well. So yeah, I ended up seeing him and being in his presence. And uh, that was, yeah, that was pretty potent. Hmm. So I'm going to go here because you brought Hanuman into the mix now. Uh, I was recently with a friend of ours, Jacob, uh, I don't know, a month and a half ago after an ayahuasca ceremony with Kevin. And uh I think Jacob just saw my Dragon Ball Z tattoo and he just like 
he completely lit up and because he didn't he didn't know that and that's i mean one of the reasons why i have it tattooed it's like a good reminder for me but he said he said the funniest thing he's like yeah i uh if people don't like Dragon Ball Z, I pretty much don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> it was the funniest thing to hear him say that too. It was, it was really nice. But um, I wasn't actually aware or I had forgotten about us connecting about uh, on Dragon Ball Z. And so uh, I thought of him when you mentioned Hanuman because I have read some stuff that there's a, a loose, maybe even a more legitimate connection with the creation of Goku and Dragon Ball Z and Hanuman since when he turns into whatever, I don't know, I think Super Saiyan 4, maybe maybe even 5. Anyway, he gets a big monkey tail, right? And he's got this monkey tail. And I mean, when you think about Goku meditating in the hyperbolic time chamber, saving the world. And so what, what I want to ask you is if you thought about uh, maybe some uh, auspicious unconscious programming that we received as as young boys that has had led us to a path of uh, trying to save the world or, or make the world a better place and meditation and maybe even being a bodybuilder yeah totally man I well first of all I freaking love Dragon Ball Z man I think what a great cartoon for children for real man like wow to give kids this example of such a noble and selfless superhero that that appears like an a normal human but can then just turn it on and be super badass save the earth from the bad guys sort of thing and like is always sacrificing himself, is always transcending his own self-interest for the greater good, is always turning himself over to God, you know, is always in protection of earth and the earth's inhabitants and fighting for the good. It's like such a great story, period. And like, I could go back and watch it and be entertained now because it has some spiritual merit, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I haven't, I've also noticed the, the similarities in, in Super Saiyan 4, Goku having the tail and um, then turning into a monkey when he goes into the ape mode. It's like, I yeah, I don't know. I couldn't comment more on that, but I definitely yeah. feel like there's, you know, because Hanuman's not a small, like there's many lesser deities in, in India and the surrounding areas that you wouldn't really be familiar with. But Hanuman is like well known across um, across India, so it's very likely that that Hanuman influenced um, you know farther east and or perhaps the creators of this cartoon. And if there if there ever were a uh, fitting Hanuman to embody that, it's the freaking jacked Hanuman that you have image of Hanuman right there. <laughs> totally yeah he's so that's such a good Hanuman picture I love that one yeah your book brother the book the book what the buff gosh remind me of the title of your your book your book my book is called how to use breath work to improve your relationships and enhance your sex life 
that must mean you have a pretty good sex life. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Is there anything um, that you could share about like maybe writing uh, the writing process of it or if there's a, a, a piece in it that you think would be really good for people listening to the podcast to hear anything at all in regards to the book? And again, congratulations on birthing that into the world, brother. Thank you so much. Yeah. Mutual, man. I, I actually take some inspiration from you because you went and did it first. And I was like, motherfucker. Like, you know how that happens? And it's like, dude, hell yeah. Like someone else that I know and am friends with is doing like what I want to do. And there's, there's like that permission granted sort of thing. Um, which is great about, it's like, it's why it's important to have good friends, you know, because you take and you draw from each other and mm. you know it's different than if someone i didn't know did published a book and then i would just it would be a completely different experience i would just be like whatever you know um mm. so so yeah congrats on your book as well and thank you and um what i will say there's two things i'll say so one is the book how to use breath work to improve your relationships and enhance your sex life is available on amazon kindle it doesn't have print copies yet um, but you can get a copy on Amazon Kindle electronically. It is a um, sh short but effective read. I wanted to make sure that I covered the material and got the point across and gave and was effective about that as opposed to getting people lost in like just additional philosophy and stuff that wasn't really important. And so this book is a effective guide to anybody looking to understand breath work a little bit deeper and how breath influences how we relate to ourselves, each other, and the world. And so it's a really clear and direct way to sort of come, even if you have a breath work practice already, or you're getting into breath work, like whatever, um, it's, it should sort of encapsulate some key ideas that I think are important to know. And it also gives people an understanding of where I'm coming from um, when I'm speaking of this work. So that's a little synopsis. And then the writing process was it actually came through um, an ayahuasca ceremony. And mm -hmm. I was uh, last August, yeah, almost a year ago, about 10 months ago, 11 months, I was in um a ceremony and i just all of a sudden received like a clear download how to use breath work to improve your it was like the whole title of the book it was just like and you know because i had been working on it a couple other book ideas for a while and none of them like actually came into fruition mm -hmm. and and this one was like I was like, totally, this is it. Take the idea, run with it. And so I got home and I started working on it. And I worked on it off and on over a period of a couple months. And then I just dropped it. Like it just like whatever track I was on just wasn't actually getting the message that I wanted to share across. Mm -hmm. And then I picked it up again in March. No, yes. February, March, I started writing it again and I worked on it for like three more months and I was producing something like 
way more refined. And I was like super excited about it. And I was doing all this research and I was like getting into the, I was like pulling from the classical texts, you know, what yoga was saying of Tantra. And like, I was getting all this, all my pieces organized and, and then I get like another clear message in it from spirit. It was like, you can't publish this. This is not the book you're intending to write. And I was like, shit, I just put so much work into all of this, you know? And it was like, nope, start over. And I was like, so frustrated. But the next morning I started over and in three days, I channeled the whole book that is on Amazon now um, because it was sort of like the refinement of all of that, those months of research and work and like writing I just was able to refine it into like crystal clear, like direct statements. And um, which is the point of an ebook, you know, like I didn't want to make it like some grandiose thing. And that's my first publishing. I just want to get people to experience my work. And, and so I really was able to, um, I think, crystallize it and refine it down. And, and so that was the process of writing it. And, uh, and yeah, and then I, I just went in and um, published it. What's your, what's your time like? I want to honor and respect how much time you have set aside for us before I go deeper. We can go deeper. I got, I got some more time. Okay. So uh, is, there, is there a breathwork practice that you'd be able to guide us and then anyone listening to the podcast through that isn't like 20 or 30 minutes? That's like a quick thing that someone could experience a tangible shift from would you want to do that totally i would love to do that awesome um, in fact this is something i've done on quite a few podcasts oh cool well i'm also going to ask you to sing at some point so (laughs) (laughs) all right so if you're listening just make sure please don't be driving um i would prefer if you want to do this little guided breath work you are seated this is going to take us approximately three to four minutes it's going to have a short active portion and then a short holding portion where our breath is held and then a short little guided meditation so do i have your permission chris to guide this four minutes segment of breath work. Honored. Thank you, brother. Yeah, you're welcome. And for anybody listening, thank you so much for your permission as well. Of course, if I don't have your permission, then don't do it. Do something else. Fast uh, this forward is, four minutes. This is an example of a Kriya yoga practice that I've been, um, yeah, consistently using in my daily routine for about, six years now this is something that's been so effective for me and for others and and my teaching that i've just decided not to drop it it's just like you know things change and you adapt but this has been one that's like i was calling it the other day the multivitamin you know it's like you always take your multivitamin and then you adjust other things you know depending i don't know if you're you're taking supplements but uh, gets the point across so this is the multivitamin it's called the double breathing kriya It's approximately 30 breaths 
because we're just going to do one full round and the full round is 30 breaths. And these, this round has three stages to it. And so the point of this 30 breath of these 30 breaths is to get an entire respiratory um, activation so that all the lobes of the lungs um, are opened and, and actually receive breath and that we can get a huge generation of Shakti, a huge generation of energy moving through our system in this, um, in the two minutes that is the active portion of this exercise, which will then give us a chance to unplug our mind and drop into our body, which I will explain when we are doing it. So you guys ready? 30 double breaths. I'll explain the technical piece and then we'll do it. So the first 10 are done in the abdomen. So as much as possible, you're trying to inflate your belly and draw your belly in with every inhale. Oh, twice inhale through the nose and then twice exhale through the mouth like this. So all 30 breaths are like this. The first 10 of those double breaths are in the belly. So the belly inflates. The second 10 are done belly to chest. So the first belly inflates the abdomen. The second one inflates the chest. And then the last 10 are in the chest only, which will stimulate your heart, your sympathetic nervous system and get that full activation there. So those are the three stages. I'll guide the breath hold at the end. Just follow with me. We will prepare ourselves now just by coming into a seated position, eyes closed. Thank you so much for your attention, for listening. It's an honor to guide this practice. It's been very effective for me. And I want you just to get clear in yourself about why, like what it is that you want to work towards in this practice, what it is that you want to fuel, what sort of image you have of your aspirational quality, you know, what you want to move your life towards. And that's very clear. You have your sankalpa, you have your intention set, you have a place for your river to flow. And now we're going to unblock the river through the Kriya. So let's remove some rocks. Let's clear some psychic debris and we'll do the double breathing Kriya together. 30 breaths, starting with 10 breaths in the abdomen and begin. In through the nose, out through the mouth. A little slower. Two more in the belly. Last one. Good. All right. Belly to chest. Ten breaths. Good. Keep going. Taking your time with this one. Really getting a nice full, full breaths. Three more, taking your time, really filling up and emptying. 
Last one here. Nice. All right. 10 in the chest. Here we go. Begin. Letting the breath inflate up past the collarbones. Almost there. You're getting tingly, you're getting buzz. That's good. Building the energy. <sighs> Two more times. Last one. All right, now empty lungs. <sighs> empty, empty, empty. <sighs> Draw your lower abdomen in. Close your eyes. Lower belly hugs in. Now we receive what's called the gathering breath. Inhale through your nose. Receive the gathering breath. Nice, slow inhale. Try to control your inhale, but fill up completely to the brim. So you're inhaling, you're inhaling, you're inhaling. Good. And then hold the breath, but don't hold the body. So relax your body. The breath is held gently. There's an ease to it. There's a solidarity to it. You're consolidating and organizing all of this energy that just was a moment ago really bouncing around. And now you're creating a nice stable column of this energy. See if you can feel that column in your body. And when we exhale in a moment, you're trying to exhale into that column. So exhaling through your mouth, like you're letting air out of a tire, nice, slow, easy, controlled exhalation. Sending the breath into the column at the center of your body. Coming to a place in which you won't need to breathe at all. You can suspend the breath outside the body and you can rest your awareness in that central column. Column of fire. Column of presence. A column of dynamic aliveness is within you. It's within all of us. Once you feel like your breath has reached its limit of sustaining it out, you can receive your recovery breath and we'll do it together. So breathing in through the nose, recovery breath, nice, slow, controlled inhalation. Again, hold the recovery breath in, draw your lower abdomen towards your spine Lift your chest upward so that it's reaching towards your chin as you bring your chin down. Press your tongue to the roof of your mouth. Focus your eyes upward into the center of your brain. Again, draw your lower abdomen towards your spine. This will lift your pelvic floor a little bit for three, two, tongue up, eyes up. One, release the chin, exhale. Your body, feel your body. 
allow a normal breath to overtake you. Allow any excess energy to settle. With this Kriya, you can, you are untangling the mind from its habitual processes. And so by now, having done this Kriya, you have a little bit more space available to you. So the question before we continue with this podcast for you, Chris, or anybody listening who's done this exercise is what do you want to put into that space? How do you want to direct this new life force, this new river that's flowing through you? So it can look like an idea, a project, a way of being. It can look like an Ishtadevata, an image of a deity or an inspirational figure that you are that you look up to. It could look like a loved one. All we're doing is we're just sending the blessing of our work into our, our, the form. And then we send the blessing outward and into everybody, every other form, every other thing. So there's a massive uh, ripple of this work. Thank you so much for your time, your effort. Double breathing Kriya is complete. Wow, <laughs> a little journey right there. <laughs> Definitely can be, huh? Wow, thank you, thank you for sharing that, brother. Really appreciate that. Mm. You're so welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, when you asked the question at the end, the answer that came through for me was. Uh, just more of, of the way of being that I'm embodying right now, uh, which I'm so grateful for. Sometimes this has happened a few times where I'll, I'll engage in a practice or I'll be somewhere and someone will ask me to envision what I want. And there are, are, have been a, a few really special times where what I'm wanting is I'm like, yeah, more of this, more of, right now more of that energy and it's like when you you asked me grant asked me right when we started our call before i started recording like what's going on and there's a lot of things going on in my life but it's all a ton of projects that i'm really passionate about and and grateful to be able to co-create in which is is this one so uh thank you for allowing the space for that to be what is filled with the that channel that river i'm still a little spacey from it actually (laughs) totally man um it's so important that we have a clear idea about you know when when we're engaged in sadhana or sadhana is a sanskrit word that just means your, your spiritual practice um it's super important that we're clear about what we're doing it for you know it's that we understand that um you know we're not just getting good at breath work or we're not just getting good at 
stretching or whatever. Like it's, it's so much more than that. And to be able to, you know, cause then it becomes a devotional activity. It becomes an activity of, of giving thanks back to our creator and giving thanks back to the life that we're, that we're living you know, as it is. And cause it, regardless of who is listening and where you're at, we all have equal chance to improve our condition, you know, and it, it might look different, but what I mean by equal chance is that we all can take a step forward. And that is super meaningful. You know, that's like probably the most meaningful thing that anybody can realize is like, wow, I can actually do something good, you know, and good is subjective. Like it's like, has to arise from within, but nobody needs to tell you what it is. That's the beautiful thing. It's like, you know, what, what would actually be of support and, and would give back to life and you know, what would take away. And it's like, that's amazing that we know that <laughs> like, wow, there's some divine intelligence here at work. That's helping us make better choices. You know, if, even if it just means to be a little bit healthier, you know, and being healthier might mean that we, instead of having a donut for breakfast with frosting on it, we have a piece of toast with butter on it, you know, might be a little bit of an improvement, but like, whatever, you know, or a donut without frosting. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say a donut without frosting, but small improvements, you know, and to be yeah. able to dedicate energy at the end of our practice towards this endeavor to live a better life you know, or to be grateful for the life that we are living, I think helps us um, end up creating, continue creating beauty, you know, and, and more, mm -hmm. more of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm, I'm feeling moving towards a time of uh, wrapping up. So I, I just got really two more questions for you brother uh, mm -hmm. for now and and if there is ever a part two maybe we can sing a, save a little mantra song for for part two of the podcast sometime in the future sweet uh the first one is because you, when you were talking about your book and then we did this practice you had mentioned uh wanting people to to like go and have the experience and i know you do uh some online you have some online group programs i think and then you also have retreats i wanted to offer this opportunity for those that feel called to connect deeper with you to just ask you what are the ways that they can do that yeah thank you so much um my website which i think chris you'll post grantiflander.com has um like a lot of the pretty much all of my work is um, centralized there, um, including a weekly online drop-in breathwork session that I, I just keep as like an on, it's like a one, you can, anybody can drop in. It's not a course. You don't have to like sign up to be a member. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to create that as a, as like a doorway in for people who just want to get exposed to my work. Um, and it might not be there forever. It might I might change the format at some point, um, but it's what I'm doing right now. It's called the Pranayama Sangha. And I have people from all over the world who come and breathe with me, which is awesome. People in Germany, Switzerland, um, US, of course, Costa Rica, Mexico, England, um, 
yeah, it's this pretty broad sangha, but people who just want to breathe, you know, it's great. Yeah. Um, so that's one way. I have a retreat that's my like my signature offer, which is at the place that I did my yoga teacher training that I shared at the beginning of this episode. I now bring groups oh, wow. to that same retreat center. Um, wow, it's the same place. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, it's super awesome. It's like I get to go and be at the place that was like such a pivotal part of my own awakening. And I bring people there and, and we go through a, a journey. Like it is not just an average yoga retreat. So I always screen people before they sign up. You know, I'm like, all right, like, do you know what you're getting yourself into kind of thing? <laughs> you know, are you ready? You know, is the question, are you ready? Yeah. Or do you want to be a yoga tourist? And do you want to continue to, repeat patterns you know like this is for people who are seriously interested in tra transformation and um and so that's my favorite favorite retreat that i do um which is happening in april this year this coming year so not for another nine months or whatever um uh, yeah I'm, I'm kind of in i don't even want to speak about it because it's not fully baked yet but i'm in the process of of it's unspeakable bliss unspeakable okay. bliss there's a yoga teacher training in the works um i'm gonna get it together at some point and, and really do a proper training for people who, who who care this is like a really important to me like people who really care about preserving the sacred wisdom of these traditions so mm -hmm. my the yoga teacher training course that i'm gonna um that I am inspired to birth is, is going to be, have a very traditional spin on it, but in a like really modern way. So really trying to get people who are, who are living in cities or are teaching at studios, or maybe they're not even yoga teachers, but they want to learn more about the practice. Um, not as the Western world has contextualized it and made it into the sexy fad, but more of like, people who are seriously interested in yoga as a form of, of transformation and a, and a technology in which you can transform. So that's what the mm -hmm. yoga teacher, that's what my retreat, that's all my work is really about all of this stuff. Um, Cause I fucking have had such a serious change to my being, you know, through, through doing this work. And so, and, and I've, I don't consider myself like, I'm just an ordinary guy, you know, and I've just managed to put in, some time you know and effort and and have i feel made some some big changes to how i operate and perceive um the life around me and um i think that that's a possibility for everybody you know i think it's it's not only a possibility but it's it's a birthright you know it's it's a we all are are um saints you know we're all sages we're all the rishis the seers you know it's it's in all of us and 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 so i'm just really passionate about bringing people to that realization, you know, or, or helping guide that in some way. Well, if it means anything to you, you're not just ordinary to me. You're extra ordinary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always say it. It's like, thank you. I received that extraordinary. Um, <laughs> I always say that, you know, the, I think on my website, it's something like ecstatic, ecstatic, or I don't even remember what my tagline is, <laughs> but 
but something about extraordinary living, you know, I, it's always talking about like, you know, it's about turning everyday ordinary reality into something that's completely mystical and extraordinary just by changing the operating system. And, mm-hmm. you know, cause our, we're so conditioned, you know, to see things as normal it's like there's nothing normal about life man like we are living in magical crazy soup of quantum freaking existence like your thoughts are magical you know you're such a magical being so i just want to remind everybody of that amen bro amen and i thought i thought about this a few times do you still keep in touch with destiny no i sent her a message because do you know how when someone pops on like signal or telegram it's like so and so just got yeah i was like destiny i I literally had her in my phone as like destiny yogi trainer because she was like a fitness trainer too and and i was like i completely forgot about her and then literally like just a couple months ago i think she popped in and i was like holy shit i now remember this whole what I just shared with you. And I, I sent her a message and just said, Hey, I don't know if you remember me. I'm Grant. We took that yoga class at one time. You told me about Costa Rica. I just want to thank you because I live in Costa Rica and your words impacted me. Like that was like the sum, the summation of my message. And I didn't hear back from her. So I was like, whatever I got it across. Yeah. Maybe she'll listen to this podcast. Thanks, Destiny. I, I was gonna say, yeah, we could we could link it up. We could send her the you could send her the link to the podcast. Uh, so just on on the topics of your current uh, of of your current offering, it sounds like the the retreat in April and then your weekly breath work. And between that, those those are that's pretty much what your the two main ways that people can connect with you right now is that. Well, I always recommend that people who are interested in this sort of thing, like transformation through yoga and breath work, yeah. um, that they just, because it's a deep path, you know, it's not like, I don't want to attract people who are window shopping. It's like my, my, my yeah. attitude now, you know, I, I, as in, if people who are serious about this and they want to study with me and they want to learn from me, then they can, you know, they can come to the online offering or they can purchase the book on Amazon. And once they're, they really know that I can guide them or support them, then we can get into a more serious conversation where I can, I can work one-on-one with people. I do various forms of coaching and consulting and ultimately it's teaching yoga, but it's, in a, in a much more personalized context and in, in helping sort of range a person's spiritual practice to support their life and help them hold themselves accountable to the change that they want to make and give them practices and tools and help them refine those practices and tools so that they can actually um, be that person that they're, that they're aspiring to be or, or make the change or whatever. So that's a long answer, but basically I want to deter people from just jumping in and working with me i want them to you know figure out am i going to be the guy that's going to help them and then if i am then we can have a a more serious conversation or they can come on a retreat and experience a week of of (laughs) of work Uh uh-huh yeah cool man uh 
just one passing thing that that's present because I was having this conversation with the, the gentleman I'm working with uh, earlier today where, and I'm sharing this because I, I view sort of a similarity with the work that you do and, and, and then the work that I do, which is I was talking to this person who's not working with me and I was basically like, I don't want to just, I don't want to help you get what you want. Like, here's this thing where you can work with me and then you're going to get what you want. If what you want is just going to be creating more suffering. Like I want, I'm interested in my best effort at least is, is helping people get, get free, become free instead of like, like you, you, I thought of this when you said window shopping, here's another shiny object that you're ultimately going to be dissatisfied, dissatisfied with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So thank you, brother, for the, the work that you do. Thank you for sharing some of that work with us and being a, a brother who signed the soul contract with me and brotherhood. And <laughs> that's a side joke. The inside joke with Grant and I. <laughs> I. I had a soul contract on the back of my journal and I, I wrote his name and I was like, look, bro, you signed it. And he was like, that's, that's not my handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Last question for you, brother. I, I like to wrap up with this. Uh, I think that Tim Ferriss, I got this from, but it's, or maybe, maybe it's Aubrey Marcus. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I'm grateful for this idea, which is if you had one final sentence for the world to hear, uh, and this is, this is a message, your, your message to all 8 billion people in one sentence, what is that sentence? Wow. I think it's from Tim Ferriss's podcast where he said, if you could put a billboard up. That's it. Yeah. 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 Love Tim Ferriss. Um, my billboard or my one sentence to the world would say, wow, this is a tough one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, there's a couple different ones that are running through my head. This yeah. is hilarious. It might be good to have just, wow, this is a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great thing to leave people with. Wow, this is a tough one, but don't worry. Relax and keep calm. Um, yeah, just like, fuck it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there we have it. We've, we've now, dude, it has happened until this moment. I now finally have the title of this podcast. Fuck it, <laughs> dot, 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 basically. <laughs> I mean, just like, you know, but in all seriousness, like learning how to just let shit go, mm. you know, which is another way of saying fuck it. And, but like, not like a, you're angry fuck it kind of thing but like the legitimate sincere fuck it like i'm just i'm done with that you know and then mm -hmm. oftentimes those we have to have the attitude towards ourselves you know, towards our own bullshit you know like just fuck it like you're done with that i'm gonna i'm no longer gonna do that thing because that thing does not help me be a better person fuck it dude this is this is something that you've you've helped me see on a few like really 
energetically powerful uh, moments where I'm going to, I'm going to summarize it and call it my righteousness comes up and, and like you, you've been, you've helped me really transmute. I mean, for the most part, it, it, it arises from time to time, but there have been some moments where it's like what I experience in your space holding is like, bro, let go of that shit. Like, come on, man. And then you're, and you're there and it's, and it's, it's powerful. Cause I, I, I feel that you've been through it too in that mm-hmm. way. And that's why you're mm-hmm. holding it down in those spaces with me. So thank wow. you, brother. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, Chris. I, you know, and I want to reflect to you, bro. You, you've really transformed, you know, since I first met you, you've really like grown and, and made shifts in your being. So um, just want to thank you as well for doing that work, you know, and, and uh, saying, fuck it, you know, the most powerful Basically. mantra. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Om Namah has no chance when you got fuck it in your bank. <laughs> All right, I want to. I want to plant a final seed, and we can right. talk about it off offline. Which is, I have an idea. You may not even be in for it. You might be. Which is inappropriate mantra circle, and kind of like an Osho like the ha 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 but like taking stuff that's pretty radical and then making it into songs for god but it being yeah yeah divinely uh cosmically humorous so seed planted (laughs) all right seed planted yeah wow dude all right i'm gonna end the recording and i mean i'll say see you later right now om namah shivaya on the Mashavaya, brother. Thank you. I love you. Maybe I'll see you at open mic night. No, I'm staying home. Cool. I'm going to do a yagna. All right. All right. Blessings yeah. on the yagna. Blessings to you. I'll, I'll get this up in the next couple of days. You'll, you'll see it with some fun uh, posts associated with it. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much, man. Thanks for all your work and many blessings to all your projects and your upcoming retreat. Really excited to see how that pans out. That's coming up soon. Yeah we've uh it's being moved to the end of august so yeah Uh, okay yeah sweet well blessings bro and um i love you love to your family and to your circle over there and to zlatka and everybody and just yeah can't wait to see you here on the mountain and maybe see you next week if i don't see you sooner sounds awesome blessings brother love you love you everybody thank you for listening watching until next time Fuck it. Basically. Fuck it. <laughs> Basically. <laughs>